you start to now think differently. You're thinking about who would I have to be? How would I have to be thinking to be someone that is generating another 500? What would my role have to be in the business? What team members would I have to have? What different areas? I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. We got Jamie Schreier back on the pod, friend of the pod, a friend of mine for, I don't know, eight, nine something years. Today, we're going to talk about how to make 2024 your best year yet. And we're going to kind of have a caveat of different levels of where you might be in business, in your practice, different revenue levels, and how that can kind of factor into your situation. I think so. I had Jimmy Schreier last year on the show with a similar type of podcast. It was like one of the most viewed and downloaded episodes, I think, partly because of the topic and like the title and how it resonates with folks. And then obviously, Jamie with his following and all that and folks that know him over the years. Jamie, welcome back on. Happy New Year. Dave, great to be back, man. Great to see you again and really excited about 2024. Absolutely. So you help a ton of practice owners make sense of their business with their their financial goals, their business, their life goals, their lifestyle, all that type of stuff. When we're talking about how to make 2024 your best year yet, you watching, listening, your best year yet, what would be just like an initial starting point for that? Well, initial starting point, I mean... If you want to make anything good, you take Stephen Covey's perspective that he had in Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, and I believe it's habit number two, and he talks about you begin with the end in mind, such a really catchy, sticky thing. Begin with the end in mind. And what that really means is before you begin anything, before you begin a project, heck, before you go on vacation... The first thing you have to know is, well, where exactly are you going? You tell you tell the family, hey, honey, we're going on vacation. The first thing that she's going to ask, David, is where are we going? Because if she doesn't know where you're going, she doesn't know how to pack. She doesn't know how to prepare. There's a lot of questions she won't know how to answer. Now, we can guess and we can try to figure it out. But if you're going skiing, that's going to be very different than if you're going to the Caribbean. So in business, it's the exact same thing. So when we talk about 2024, we always begin with, well, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? What is it that you're envisioning? That's where we always begin. Got it. And so so for myself, like we want to expand, we want to grow. And so how do you help colleagues if they say so for me we want to grow but it's like i mean i obviously you will obviously help me or other practice owners be like all right well if you want to grow 20 percent, 30 percent, if you want to double like then you obviously need certain things like you need more therapists right you need more therapists then you need more patients do you have folks that like will say like yeah i want to grow like everyone wants to expand no one wants to be plateaued or be stagnant 
But then as soon as they say yeah. something of like, I want to grow, I want to open a second office, or I want to, you know, get on a plan of doubling my revenue, then you kind of help folks kind of maybe reverse engineer or back into that in terms of like, all right, well, how many therapists would you need for that? Do you have the systems in place? You know, do you have the marketing systems in place to have X amount of prospective patients coming into your funnel? It's easy to say, I want to grow, I want to double. But then it comes with a whole host of, you know, follow-up conditions as to how to potentially get there. Yeah, you're, you're right. There's nothing that you're saying that I'm saying that people don't know. And yet, how many people are really growing and advancing their business, you know, especially in the healthcare world and the practice world? And the answer is not as many as should be. So let's kind of back up for a second. So the way we are working with, with our clients and how we coach them and guide them through is to ask them, we can do a bigger, a bigger vision, whether it's two years, three years, five years. But when we're specifically doing our yearly plan, Dave, the question I'd be asking is, picture yourself right here one year from today. It's the beginning of January, 2025. You and I are having a conversation again. What do you see? What do you see in your business? If I had the magic wand that you could achieve anything you want, what is it that you want? So, so that's where the vision, envisioning of where they want to go. Well, yeah, envisioning where they want to be. Like I picture myself in the tropics. I picture myself on a beach. I picture myself sipping a Mai Tai. So when you talk about vacation, it's easier. It's easier to grasp. I picture myself skiing down the slopes of Vail. All right. So then what are we going to have to do to take that vacation next winter? So that's one thing. But when we look at our business and you passed over this quickly, we have something in our um, at Practice Freedom U that we refer to as dirty words. Dirty words are they're not those kind of dirty words. Sick, dude. Dirty words are vague words. Words that we use as concrete, but the reality, they don't have a lot of meaning. Words like need. I, I really need to do this. I really need to lose weight. I really need to exercise. You know what? I really need to hire a therapist. I need to grow my business. Um, words like grow. Words like might, could, should. What happens is, these words, these phrases in our brain think that we have made decisions, but we haven't. They're just vague words that cause us to be inactive. So when I ask people, where do you picture yourself? What is it that you want from this business? I love asking the financial question because every single person we work with, there has to be a financial because I know we're helpers, we're healers. We have resistance to financials. So there has to be a financial answer. And for a lot of people, Dave, that's hard to answer. It's hard to get specific because we think in generalities and we think in vagueness. So by saying, I want to grow, Dave, I don't know what that means. So I'm always asking people, what does grow mean to you? Tell me what growth looks like. 
And then they can say, well, growth means that I want to make one and a half million dollars in revenue. Okay, great. What does that look like per month? Whatever, 110 grand a month. All right. So what else? What else do you see? Well, I'd love to, it could be an expansion of services. It could be locations. It could be, I see myself treating less in the clinic. I see myself focusing more on working, you know, on the different things of the business. I see myself having better control of my time. So we start to drill down what that picture looks like. And then we add objectiveness to it. We add measures. And this is, you know, people talk about accountability. People talk about, well, I really want to be held more accountable. This is accountability because you are putting down what specifically where you want to be. And I can tell you with high achievers, that is uncomfortable to do. Why is that? You like me, we like to be right. We've been right a lot in our schooling. Because if you're not right, you're not getting A's. You're not getting A's. You're not getting into school and advancing. You're not passing the boards. So we had to be right. But think about it. In business, in business, being right actually is not an advantage. Failing is actually good in business. But failing and learning and applying and then getting better, that's the magic of business. So when you ask a high achiever that has had academic success their whole life, Picture what they want. Do you realize there's a chance you could be wrong? And because you could be wrong, I won't actually say specifically what I want. I'll say it in vagueness. Mm -hmm. There is the challenge of doing this exercise of what is it that you want. The more we can be specific, the more we can have measures, the more likely we're going to achieve it. The less we are, which I can ask people, well, what is it that you wanted at the end of 2023? Well, I wanted to grow. I wanted to, you know, have some more staff, offer some more stuff. And I'm like, you got that, right? Well, no, I didn't. I go, what do you mean? No. What did you specifically want? Well, I didn't specifically say it. I just said, I wanted to kind of sort of, that stuff doesn't work. You could end up anywhere. Where do you want to go on vacation? I don't know. You know, someplace here, someplace there. So anyways, that's where we begin. The next part, if we're getting into like the steps, the next part is to dive into why that's important to you. Dave, this is a part people miss. So if you're my guinea pig here, if you want to play a little bit here, you said you wanted to do what year from today, specifically for your one thing. What is one thing you want? for your business? Uh, I would like to add at least 500K in revenue. Okay, good. Very specific, very measurable. 500K in revenue. Why is that important to you? Well, I mean, I, I want to grow as a vague term. Why is it important to me? Uh, I don't know. We can help more people. I can have more therapists on my team. But then there's also some ego component, I think. is like, I, I just, I always want to grow. I always want more. Why did I say 500 versus uh, 2 million or something? You know, like, so maybe it's a number that's a little realistic, but then also not like 10 or 20 grand or 10 or 20%. Something that seemed like it could be realistic. Why? I don't know. Maybe you have to ask me more follow-up questions to dig into why 
that specific number or why that's important to me. I don't know. Well, $40,000 a month more, what is that going to do for you? I mean, I'm, how will that help you improve your life? I mean, my, my life is already pretty good. Uh, so I don't know, like it'll certainly, you know, you sh- in the pre-interview, you showed me your schedule and, you know, having, having less things on my schedule, allowing me to, you know, free up my time and, and have more folks take care of, uh, the day to day, certainly well, having more money, allow you more resources to focus more on the things that you really love to do and delegate some of the things that you don't? It definitely would, yes. That's a pretty big deal. Will having more money make you feel more at ease, maybe with some of the financial things? You got some good news that you shared with me before. So however stable and happy we are from a financial standpoint, let's face it, the world's getting more expenses. Families are growing. Schooling and everything else is more expenses. So having more money gives us more choices, allows us to maybe put more money away and make us feel more at ease. And feeling more at ease helps us handle situations better because there is no greater stress than financial stress. Is that something that is part of this why for you? I believe so, yes. Okay. So I'll take you off the hot seat. And by the way, everyone, this was this was not planned. Like you can tell... David, by his answer, this is the answers I get from everybody because we don't spend the time to really think about this because all of us are in this mode of busy and doing. And the hard part is to slow down and have time to think. That's why I love this time of the year because this is the time to actually begin to think and forecast this year. Your success this year, David, ain't going to be an accident. Everyone will look at it as, hey, my God, good luck. Luck? Luck ain't a part of this. It's how you're thinking about these things, the decisions that you make. Because when you're clear on that 500,000, remember, it's just a number. The emotion we attach to it is us because that number has no emotion back. We're the only person that has emotion. So when you attach that number to real stuff in your life, well, that number will allow me and my wife to take vacations more often. That number will have to be achieved by hiring really great people on our team, which would give me more stability to be able to delegate, which would then allow me to create other areas to support and help other people. When you start connecting that deeper why to that figure, you're not going to let it go as quickly. When you say, I want to lose weight, that's a fleeting thing. There's already so much research out there that 30 days later in February, 80% of the people will be out of the gym or breaking their resolutions. But when you start connecting the deeper to that objective thing, now you can then use the things that many of us know to say, okay, so what would have to be true for you to have 500,000 this time next year? or to be on pace for that. What would have to be true? So in this case, and I'm I'm gonna take you off the hot seat, but in this case, Dave, you start to now think differently. You're thinking about who would I have to be? How would I have to be thinking to be someone that is generating another 500? What would my role have to be in the business? What team members would I have to have? What different areas? What would have to be marketing-wise? What would have to be in place? Maybe you have a clinic 
you can't make $500,000 more in your clinic because you don't physically have the space. So what would have to be true is now you're thinking about, I would have to have another location or at least a bigger location. So by asking what would have to be true to be in that place, you are already envisioning yourself in that place and looking at what would have to be happening. What a great way to think because this starts to set the stage of where you now begin in the first quarter of this year. This is a thinking exercise that creates the plan for you. Then once you start to look at that, so in your case, well, okay, I'll bring you back into this hot seat. In your case, Dave, 500,000, you created some whys, picturing what is taking place. What would have to be true for you to actually be getting that money in reality? I mean, I would need two more full-time PTs and then, you know, X amount of more new leads. So probably spend a little bit more on marketing, reach back out to a bunch of physicians and, and docs. Don't tell me about the how. This is the mistake everyone makes. You Give are a problem solver by nature. You have been trained to solve people's physical problems. We will always jump to solutions. You know what we fail to do? is to get really clear on what the heck the question we're trying to solve is. What is the problem we're trying to solve? So in this exercise, we are focusing strictly on what has to be. We are not yet having to figure out how we're gonna get there. That's a different question. That is a completely different question. But the mistake I see people doing, and the mistake I made for years, is I jump into solving, jump into solving, jump into solving. And then I turn around later on after I failed miserably and frustrated is I'm like, shit, I, I wasn't solving the right problem. I didn't take the time to get clear on what the heck I'm trying to solve. I was just focusing on reacting into creating solution. Now, it's funny because as therapists, what do we do? We do an evaluation first on the person. We don't just jump in, not good therapists. We don't just jump in and start treating their shoulder. Heck, we don't know if there's stuff going on in their neck and their spine. There could be red flags of cancer. We have to look at that to get clear. Then we create the plan and then we get to work. But we don't do that in our business. We jump right into solving. Yet we don't do that for others. So what I love about therapists physical therapist, what I love about it is we have the DNA inside us. We just have to apply that to the business. So in this case, what would have to be true? Don't tell me how you're going to do it yet, but what would have to be true? I would have to have two more FTEs, two more full-time therapists. That would have to be true to do that. What else would have to be true? An extra 100 leads a month, prospective patients. We would have to have additional leads would you have to have a better version of the marketing that you have now? Yes. Okay. So we would have to have a marketing strategy and plan that is producing an additional 100, 100 leads, either by revamping our existing one and or creating a new one. So right. you're starting to start put the building blocks together, Dave, that now... When I ask you, okay, let's go back to Q1. In our program, we call this the 90-day sprint, which is a 90-day plan. What is, and for you, I'll say this, and I say it to everyone, but for you specifically, 
What is the number one goal, the number one objective in the first 90 days, Q1 right now, that if you achieved it would put you on pace and in line to hit your one-year goal? Just one thing? Just one. It's, it's easier if I asked you to do 20. It's much harder to choose one because you have to say no to others. And where people make a mistake that we help guide them is a lot of their objectives or goals could be under another one. There are sub goals that help you get it. So that's, that's something that we would help people with, and which I want to do for you right now. But I want to understand your thinking right now. So sure. what is one thing in 90 days that if you did that, you'd be well on your way to quote winning this 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 race it would be hiring the next or or a full-time therapist in the next 90 days the the 90 day sprint of this year hiring a full-time therapist going through the whole you know recruiting interviewing process and having them hired and start onboarding perfect so now your 90 day goal is to hire onboard and train a full-time therapist. And you could also add in, and for the therapist to be already achieving their targets. When I work with someone, when I bring someone on board, it's not just I'm hiring them, training them, it's they're achieving the outcome that we expect all within that time frame. So that is now, if you had that person, you would be potentially removing some of the care off your plate. Maybe, maybe not. That depends. But you would have someone that is just by having more patient slots, you're going to get busier. It would also put a little fire under you to start exploring how to generate more leads, converting in referrals, converting them into new clients. And, and that's that's why I said therapist as opposed to the you know X amount of leads or marketing. Exactly. So Dave, just right there, it forced you to think that I chose this for this reason. How many people are actually consciously thinking of what they want and thinking of why they don't want something else? That thought process, that decision that you just made is huge. Because if you went down the path, I just need to get more people. I just need to get more people. I just need to get more people. Then you're going to react because you're not going to have enough patient slots. And now you're going to have to react to hire the next person, then all of a sudden you don't think it through well. You hire someone who thinks is great and you think is a rock star, and they turn out to be the completely wrong fit because you're now basing it on reaction and emotion. And now here we are talking in September, and you're like, oh my God, this has been just a crazy disaster. Yet you got what you said you wanted based on your actions. So we have to be really clear in what is it that we're moving towards. Because once we start, yes, we are, you know, looking at it and, and we're debriefing it and reflecting it and modifying it. That's true. But once we start, we can go down a path that we don't even know the real effects of it until later on. And that is costing us time and costing us a ton of money. So wouldn't you think it makes sense to block out a little bit of time in our hectic, crazy busyness lives to actually think through where we want our business to be, why it's important to do it, 
and where we need to start right now so then we can put an action plan in place and we can communicate clearly to our team what the focus is for the next 90 days so then they can help support us in achieving it. Awesome. I feel like I'm getting clarity already. It's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this stuff right here, this is no joke. I mean, I remember getting coaching for the first time. I heard about it. I heard about it. And I finally said, you know what? I can't be trusted. I only know what I know. I'm caught in my own head. Like you said, I have my own ego. I have my emotions. My emotions get the best of me. Like I have my fears. And when I started just hearing this person talk, hearing them rephrase and reframe things, I started to get clarity around it. And clarity, are you more confident now than you were a few minutes ago with your newfound clarity? Yes, of course. Clarity produces confidence. Confidence helps us take action. Action produces results, which then produces more confidence, which then wants us to take action. So we start to create a perpetual habit now. The habit starts with block out time in your schedule. Think about what is the outcome that you want. Dial in the why and the connection of the importance. Reverse back to what is the steps we need to take to move forward to achieve the thing we need to achieve that helps us in line with what we want in our business. Now, obviously, this could be applied to anything in your life, but specifically to our business. This is the power of coaching. This is the power of clarity. This is the power of seeing things. Now you can take this and you can get moving and you're confident that you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. So that is how I personally, I've done this. I took, I took time off and, and during the break, which is I do it every year. I take a few hours and I really start thinking through deeply, where do I want practice freedom you to be? Why is it important to you, Jamie? Like I'll put these questions back at me as this of coach was asking me, why is it important? Why is it important? I could have done anything. I could have chosen anything. Why am I choosing this? Why is this coming out of my mouth? Like I dive in deep and then I start putting the plan. And then the, here's the, here's the beautiful thing on the next thing, Dave. And, and I'll give you some advice here. Now create your state of the union, the state of whatever the name of your place is. You know what I mean by that? You know, when the president does the state of the union, does the right. so you are going to now stand up in front of your team and you're going to give them a picture of what this year looks like. You're going to give them a peek of where we're going. You're going to give them a peek of why this is important. You're going to give them a peek into why this is important for them, what they get from this, how this positions us. You're going to inspire and get clear clarity on what we're doing. And when you say it to someone else, it's going to create a different connection to you because now you are being held accountable by your team. And your team now is clear so they can bring their ideas of how to help us get there. So when I share this with my team, I share this, you know, we have coaches and everything. And I say, guys, here's where we're going. Here's where we're going to be. Here's why it's important for us to be there. Here's the type of people we're going to help. Here's how we're going to change an entire industry. And in order to do that, I need your help. In order to do that, we have to come together. And here's what we're going to focus on the first three months. And here are the specific goals that we have. And what I would absolutely love is your input of how we can get there together. 
because I don't have all the answers. It's amazing how much ideas I get. And by the way, how much they feel a part of this movement. I'm not trying to motivate them. I'm not trying to get them to do something. I want them to want to be a part of what we're doing. But as the owner, as the visionary, it's up to me to get clear in my own head and to communicate to them. That right there sounds easy. And frankly, it is easy, but we do have to address some stuff that we go through because it's scary as hell. And so by speaking to your team, you're you're getting buy-in, but it's not like you're tricking them to agree with what you're saying. It's it's them kind of leaning in and saying like, yes, this is for me, this is definitely, it almost reinforces like, yes, this is the place for me, the the practice for me, the job for me, the 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 teammates that I want to work with or the the boss I want to collaborate with. It's it's allowing your teammates to feel the vision and and where you want to go. You're sharing it with them. But then they're leaning in. It's not like you're forcing them to resell them on your vision or where you're going. Exactly. You see, we can't control what people do. All we can do is improve our ability to think about what we want. We can improve our skill to communicate better. We can improve our empathy skills. We can improve our connect. We can do all that, but they decide whether they want to be a part of it. And believe me, one an hour is not what they want to be a part of. That's not what you're selling. That's not what differentiates you because the clinic down the street can do that as well. What separates you is you standing up and sharing what you see for this business, sharing why it's important that we're doing this, sharing what the the importance of the work that we're doing and the people we're serving, and to be clear on why it's right for them if they believe and share in the same values. Now, here's what's good that will happen. It might seem bad, but it's not. There are some people in your business right now, especially if you're doing this for the first time, that will not buy into this. They don't want to be a part of this. And then that's part of doing this is creating accountability. And when you create accountability in a clinic that hasn't had a lot of accountability, that kind of likes to drama, some people will just raise their hand and just step out. Yeah. They'll quit. They'll they'll just purposely not do it. So then you have to have a conversation with them. And then you have to say, you know what? This is not the place for you. But that's a good thing. Because as we've read in so many damn books, we need the right people on this bus. And the right people are the people that share in your values, that share in your vision, that share in your mission. It doesn't mean they're 100% with everything. And it doesn't mean they don't have their own values, but they share in what you are. But here's the scary, dangerous part. You have to put yourself out there. You have to go on a limb by yourself, naked as can be, vulnerable as can be, and tell them what you believe and what it is that you want and what we will have. Because they might not agree, they might judge, they might criticize, heck, they might lead. But you know what? Not doing that will create far worse problems. When we do that with our clients, Dave, we have created amazing teams. They have created amazing teams, amazing teams. 
I don't go into their clinics. I don't do this for them. I want them to be the leader, them to be this person. I want them to experience that. It is unbelievable what happens. And guess what the results of that? A shitload of money, profit, retention, all of those things come with this. It's all a win. More opportunity for your team, more money for them, greater resilience for competition, more togetherness when insurances are cutting and other things that are happening. You're in this together. Is it easy? Hell no, it's not easy. Shouldn't be easy. I don't want everyone doing this. I just want the people that want it. Those are the people that we seek out. But can everyone do this? Yes. Do I want everyone to do it? Yes, I'd love everyone to do it. But you are a business owner. I'll stop with this. You get to choose whether you want to play this game all in, all out as a professional, or if you want to play it as a hobby, or if you want to play it as an amateur. Mm. Professionals play all out. Professionals, they're the ones that blocking out time to think about where we're going and getting better to show up in front of their, their team, scared to death and vulnerable, but yet do it anyways. Amateurs, they like to read and take courses and talk about it. Maybe implement something here and there. Hobbyists, they're just happy to be here. Hey, I got a business. How many clients do you have? I got none, but I got a business now. We get to choose where we want to be. I just choose to be a professional and to play with other professionals. And you get to choose for you, Dave, and everyone else listening, what game you want to play in this. It doesn't take any, it doesn't take any more to be a professional, meaning you already are working a ton. You already have 50 million things in your head. You're already overwhelmed. If we just shift that into how to become a professional business owner and a professional business, you'll just get better results. And actually, you'll have more control over your time, of course. You'll make more money and you'll be happier. You'll have a better life. That's what this does. And the amateur practice owner, amateur business owners out there versus the elite or the professional practice owners, business owners that are growing or expanding and you know pushing the limits and all that, oftentimes have either different or better mentors and coaches out there. And this is like, I get nothing from this, you know, like you're just a friend and colleague. And so whether it's you or Sturdy McKee or some other practice owner coach out there, that's another thing that I think separates those folks that are just doing it as a hobby and a, and a, and a, Dave, I'll answer this one. Tell me one professional athlete Better yet, tell me one high-level professional athlete that doesn't have a coach or multiple coaches. Yeah, they all do. I mean, Brady retired, but uh, you know, LeBron James got a a strength coach, a, a head coach, a nutrition coach. I mean, and not everyone because has. He's not playing amateur hour, right? He's taking what his profession is. He's an employee right? He's just an employee in the NBA. He has other businesses where he's self-employed and business owner and investor, but he's an employee. So I'm, I'm talking to people that might be listening that are not business owners as well. Being a professional is not necessarily being a business owner. It's taking what you do seriously. 
and putting in the effort to become the best you can be, not what anyone else is. I'm not comparing myself to Sturdy or any other coach. I just want to be a better version of myself than yesterday. So I do read. I do apply. I do speak. I do connect. I am learning because I take what I do seriously, not because it's my livelihood and all that. It's because this is the game I want to play for myself. I want to play at this level, and I want to be around other people that play at this level. The people that are in that amateur that aren't taking it seriously, they're the people you hear on Facebook and all these other places. They're the people that are blaming others. They're the people that are a victim, victim of circumstance. Insurances are the reason why my business isn't doing well. This policy is the problem. This thing, They're always looking outside of them of why something isn't working in their life. They're just blaming. Instead of using that energy to take ownership of it. And when you do, people will recognize that and people will come into your life. They won't do it before. You won't meet me when you are a victim because what I say won't make any sense to you. Like we're talking about right now, this may make no sense and you've already clicked off. You won't reach out to someone like Dave for help because your ego is too high and you're trying to do it on your own. But the pros realize, I don't know what I don't know. I have more that I want and I want other great, genuine, authentic people that have expertise in areas I don't like to help me. And as a, as a coach, as someone that helps guide people, and help prevent the pitfalls and help them accelerate their, their progress. Not everyone sees that. They see, well, how much is it going to cost? And when I hear that, I say, what do you say to your potential patient that says, well, how much is this going to cost? And that usually just shuts them up and I let them move on. Because whatever we're putting out there is what we're getting in return. The problems that you're having in your business are the same problems that you're having in yourself. I don't want to get too deep in here, but if I resist money, if I have problems with money just because of how I grew up or, or some of the stuff, which I do, lots of issues, lots of stuff that I've kind of reflected on. And then all of a sudden I realized I was making no money in my business because that same crap in me was coming out of my business. I had an ego against people. I thought about staff as just, they just want to make more money. They don't want to do work. They want this life work balance. Most of it life, nothing work. That was my perspective on a lot of people out there. And guess what? My staff was terrible. I had people leave me left and right. In one year, I had 25 people leave and come to my business in one calendar year. Dave, I had a business of six people. Four times the number of people came and went. You think that's a little disruptive? You think that's expensive? And right. I finally had to look in the mirror after a neighbor of mine said, Jamie, who'd you fire this week? Because I was unaware of it. I didn't realize that, that happened. And I looked and I said, Jamie, they all can't be bad. They all can't be not the right fit. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's how you're coming off. Maybe it's how you're communicating. Maybe you're not providing clarity for them so they can actually do their job well. Maybe it's you. And that's what the light bulb was to say, Jamie, it is you. So you can do two things, continue and continue to complain. And you'll find lots of people to join you in the complaining world. 
or quit or why don't you just get better? And that's when I hired a coach. And that's when I became more of a student of this business and started moving myself into that professional status mindset. That's awesome. Uh, well, I appreciate your time. This was great. Well, Paul is here. Definitely have you back in the future. Uh, other than website or LinkedIn, what's a good place for the audience? Obviously, we'll link below in the show notes to connect with you all over social media or website. But what's a good place for someone to reach out just to learn more of what you guys are doing? Yeah. So when people start, when you start understanding your business better and the problems that you have, sometimes the problems that you have are not the problems you think you have. So what I've done is I created a quiz. It's called the Practice Quiz. Um, you'll, you'll have a link here. You can also find it on my website at practicefreedomu.com. It's a very short quiz. It'll take like five minutes, six minutes. And, but the questions that I ask helps you think about the answer. And then the answers give you a score and put you into a category. And a category is either a committed clinician, an overwhelmed operator, or evolving entrepreneur. These three categories are different because we are in different places in our business. Some people are in a smaller business. Some people are a medium business. Some people are larger. So what I do is I help you identify what are the problems in that stage and what to do about it. So it's a free quiz. That would be the first place that I would start. And then if it resonates with you and you want to do a quiz review, then you can schedule a time. We can do a quiz review. And then of course, after that, we can talk about uh, potential options for you, if that makes sense. Awesome. Sounds great. Jamie, thanks for your time. And uh, any other final thought or recap? No, I just appreciate you being on. I mean, this is probably not your typical podcast subject matter and all that. But my goal is I want people to think. We are smart people, but I want people to think more, think more deeply, because that's what really can move the needle to create the business and the life that you want. So I appreciate you allowing me to share my stuff and, and get all fired up and emotional and passionate about it. And I hope that moves the needle for you, Dave. For sure. And thank you for having me on the hot seat. We didn't even plan it. So I love it. Thank you. We did not plan it. All right. Catch you next time. Thank you. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.